rainbow bright. Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. My name is Renee Stowe of rainbowbright.co.uk. And I am KB Carty Hiley of rainbowbright.net. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Brightcast, the Rainbow Bright podcast. This is episode number three for May 2013. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we have a little bit of news to tell you guys about before we get started into the episode. Um, we announced at the end of last year that Hallmark is coming out with a Christmas ornament for 2013 to commemorate Rainbow Bright's 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And they finally released some official photos of it on their website. She's super, super cute. The only photo I think we had was from the New York Comic Con from last year, which was a pretty good photo, but now we can really get a good look at her. And they're going to be releasing it, I think, in July. Yes. Is that correct? It is in July of 2013. She will be $14.95 each if you want to buy more than one, because I know I am. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> uh, but the, the design is very simple. Um, the previous commemorative ornament was from 2004, which is Rainbow Bright on Starlight and Twink. This one is just our little Rainbow Bright standing on I guess like one foot like she's throwing star sprinkles maybe yeah that's the the pose I would it, it reminded me of but there are no star sprinkles sadly yeah. coming out of her hand that would be super cute but still she is very nice ornament um, I'm very interested in seeing what she looks like in person size wise because they can give you a measurement but I'm not really sure what that would be yeah good point I'm hoping she's a decent size and not like the size of a quarter that would be disappointing mm-hmm <laughs> And I almost wish it said like 30th anniversary across the bottom or something to let you know why they released it. But we'll always know. Yes. <laughs> In our previous episode of podcast, we asked that fans would send us a message and we actually received one. Hello, my name is Jonathan, and I'd just like to say that my favorite episodes are the beginning of Rainbow Land and well, I guess it's not really an episode, but I'd also like to say the movie is also pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a newcomer to the series. Yeah, that's what I have to say. Bye. If you want to leave us a voicemail, that phone number is 702-900-STAR or 702-900-7827. Uh, if you can just call in, leave us a voicemail uh, telling us what your favorite episode is of Rainbow Bright. We can play you in the next episode. Yes. And for our non-U.S. fans, if you're calling from outside of the country and want to leave us a message, you can go to the website vocaroo.com. It's spelled V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com. And you're able to just record a message right there on the website. It'll let you save it and then you can email it to us. What's our email address again? <laughs> Brightcast at Gmail. So that's B-R-I-T-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. So yeah, just shoot us over that file and we'll include that in the podcast as well. Big thanks to Jonathan for calling in and giving us our first voicemail. Yay! Yay! We always love hearing from the fans. And I also love Beginning of Rainbow Land. I can understand his adoration of those episodes. <laughs> This episode of Brightcast, we are going to be covering the next four episodes. We want to make sure that each episode gets good airtime. So we've split it up to just doing four this episode and then four on the next. So this episode is going to be covering Invasion of Rainbow Land, 
Mom, Rainbow Knight, and Star Sprinkled. Uh, that is the order in which they aired. Invasion of Rainbow Land being the one that premiered after the Rainbow Bright movie. Now, this is going to be new territory for me because, like I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I was not exposed to these later episodes. I didn't know they existed <laughs> until I was, <laughs> I think, 19 when I found them on RainbowBright.net. Yeah, and I didn't realize until the late 90s when I started up my website and started collecting things off of eBay um, people posted the VHS tapes of these episodes. And I was super excited because they were definitely more rare than the other episodes. And I guess just because they were released later, maybe they didn't produce as many VHS tapes of those. Um, and it was very exciting when you're first getting into the fandom and you, you know, we were discovering all these new things that we didn't know as children. We just weren't exposed to all of it. And being able to sit down and watch new episodes you never seen before was so very exciting. And these particular episodes revealed some new characters, um, some backstory about Murky. And we were just, I remember me and the other fans that were watching them around the same time were just so stoked. <laughs> yes. For me, I, I, I don't know if I love them as much as I love the original episodes. Cause those are the ones that I remember watching on TV. Uh, these it's rainbow bright, but I, I'm almost sad that I didn't get to see them as a kid mm -hmm. because maybe I would have loved them more. But they also, specifically when you first start up, because the first one that aired later was Invasion of Rainbow Land, they introduced characters without any description. And so I, I didn't really bond with them as much as I did the originals. I could see that, yeah. There wasn't a lot of character development unless you were in an episode like Rainbow Night, where it was an entire episode devoted to a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kind of threw in the special kids, uh, Stormy, Moonglow, Tickle Pink, without any to do. It's like, oh, there they are. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Stormy I knew about, of course, from the movie. And sometimes mm -hmm. they even sprinkled Chris in there now and then. But that one always threw me because I thought Chris... Is it was kind of misleading at the end of the star stealer film when Chris is in rainbow land, because it made you think that he moved to rainbow land or something. No, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Oh, that didn't happen. That been cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So the first episode we have is invasion of rainbow land. Now, according to the back of the tape box that uh, it came with, which is also entitled invasion of rainbow land, it says, Follow the exploits of a cute little alien who crash lands in Rainbow Land in Invasion of Rainbow Land. The little alien gets his energy by absorbing color, and that means Rainbow Land is in trouble. If Rainbow Bright and the color kids don't get his flying saucer fixed right away, he'll drain Rainbow Land of all its color for good. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we start with the uh, beginning of Rainbow Land. Rainbow Bright is on a hillside where there has been a forest fire and everything is all burnt up and looks very sad and gray, which was very sad when I saw that. Yeah, it's very depressing. And I guess they're on Earth since they do go through space to get back to Rainbow Land, but I don't think they actually say. Um, so we're just assuming this happened on Earth. Mm -hmm. And... So they sprinkle the, the land with star sprinkles, ca causing the grass to grow back and, you know, 
flowers to bloom and birds to chirp and it's all cute. Uh, and then they have <laughs> to head back to Rainbow Land because they're out of color crystals. And real quick, I don't know about you, but I thought it was fascinating that star sprinkles can not only bring color back to gray items, apparently they can resurrect things from the dead because yeah. these trees were completely dead, burnt up, hollowed out, and all of a sudden they are full of leaves, full of new branches, the grass, the the, the flowers. So I, I'm really curious what other beings these star sprinkles could resurrect. <laughs> They say something happens to one of the sprites. Can they just, you know, throw some star sprinkles on them and they come back to life? I don't know. <laughs> the implications, though, are pretty cool. <laughs> yes. And at the end of that scene, before they, or right after they take off from the hill to go back to Rainbow Land, that's when you first see the flying saucer. So I'm, it almost seems like it's following them in the beginning. Yes. But then it just has a malfunction and crash lands. So we'll get to that next. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, well, there's lots of theories that run around in my head specifically about that episode in which I was wondering if it was uh, trying to find the source of the color, which would be the star sprinkles. Mm -hmm. And that may be why they was following them. I don't know. That's yeah, that sounds right. Since it since they run and feed on color, that would make sense that they see all this color come out of nowhere. And he's like, hey, what's that? My people may need that someday. <laughs> Little Waja. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, Rainbow Bright has to go back to Rainbow Land to get more star sprinkles. So back in Rainbow Land, everyone is bustling about making star sprinkles. And Murky and Lurky have decided they want to attempt to use a new machine that will transform star sprinkles into something called a rain crystal. So instead of, you know, spreading color, it's going to spell, expel gloomy rain clouds, which, Ooh. which is interesting. I actually kind of like the rain, <laughs> but uh, the ship is following rainbow bright, which the animation in this, I'm sorry. I did not like it. It really, I did not because first of all, at the very beginning of it, it seems like they used a different animation company for different parts because in the very beginning, uh, Rainbow Bright looks big compared to Starlight. I mean, she, her head is just about as big as Starlight's head. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> and one of the characteristics in one of the scenes, you get a close up of her and her, she has stars in her eyes. And it's a cute little feature, but it was a detail I'm not sure that they needed. But it just doesn't, it didn't mesh well considering the animation from the previous episodes and even the movie. And this is post-movie animation. So the, the space scenes were, were to me, were, were pretty neatly drawn. They made the rainbow kind of transparent. Um, as oh, that was cool. That looked nice because that was reminiscent of the movie, but then the animation seemed to change. I don't know if it's just sloppy or maybe just fastly done. Yeah. I don't know. Good point. Because I agree. Her face especially looks very different in the beginning of the episode mm -hmm. um, compared to all the other episodes. But then later on, she looks like her normal self again. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't sure if maybe like they started on it on certain scenes with one group and I don't know. I don't know. I'd be guessing at this point. 
So Rainbow Bright um, is on her way back and this spaceship is kind of bobbling behind her and she's trying to avoid it. And everyone in Rainbow Land, they're scared of it because it's an alien spacecraft. And we aren't given any real description at this point of what is inside because we haven't seen inside it. So Mm -hmm. this big eyeball appears after it's crash landed to sort of, I guess, probe (laughs) to see, hello, what is all that here? Yes. (laughs) And all of the color kids are very interested. And this is when the first time you see Tickled Pink and Moon Glow. And of course, Stormy and Skydancer are there. Mm -hmm. But when Rainbow Bright comes, and this is, of course, after it's already crash landed, that alien pops out. And all he says is, watch out, watch out. For a long time, we didn't, we weren't sure what his name was. But in the research from the Margaret Herrick Library, I was able to locate his name, which is W A J J A. Waja. Yeah, we had the spelling wrong for years. Well, because it never mentioned it on the back of the box and the episodes weren't closed captioned. So you phonically, you have to go by what you hear and. Yes. We didn't know it was two J's. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. It makes it even more alien <laughs> with that spelling. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> so Wajai appears and he starts to talk to Rainbow Bright and the color kids. And he uses his universal translator. Which that's a fun scene because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he It's a it's a little hat that he wears on his hand. He says, hmm, English, English. So he presses the button and in the American version, or the English version, he speaks German. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> the second one, he speaks Japanese before he actually speaks English. In the ones for the other countries, uh, one of them they always seem to sprinkle in there. When it is a third language, they do sprinkle in English. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll talk and they'll be in that language. So they say, oh, Italian, or... Oh, Francais. And oh, that's hilarious. One of the buttons he presses. I never noticed. That. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, so he finally says, you know, hello, Rainbow Bright. Something's wrong with my vehicle. And so they turn to Violet because Shy Violet, who is also is very smart, um, should know what's wrong with this thing. Right. She made the color console. <laughs> of course. So Shy Violet goes to inspect the spaceship. And goes, well, what makes it go? And all Wadja says, button. <laughs> Obviously, he is not an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> Pilot and nothing else. Although, strange that an alien race would take a spaceship out to explore whatever with only one crew member on board that knows nothing about how to power the thing. But okay, we'll suspend disbelief here. <laughs> Maybe he stole it. We don't know. <laughs> Early notes of this episode did say that it was supposed to have been a group of aliens, but I'm thinking production-wise, they just cut it down to just being one. It's funny when they get on board the spaceship for the first time, and Shy Violet is like, oh, it's bigger inside than it looks from the outside. They must have used some kind of spatial compression. So obviously, the spaceship is a TARDIS, because it's bigger on the inside than the outside. Yes. Waja works for Doctor Who. <laughs> Good thing there were no Daleks on board. <laughs> the Whovians are going to love this episode. <laughs> right? 
And I've never actually seen an episode of Doctor Who. I just know all of this through. You can't avoid it when you're a geek. It, it just, it comes at you. <laughs> you pick up the terminology. <laughs> so, uh, Shy Violet and Rainbow Bright are looking through the spaceship, trying to figure out what makes its power run. And that's when, as they leave, they notice that Rainbow Bright's sleeve has turned gray. And Waja looks very guilty. Well, I didn't mean to do it. And what you find out is that it, 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 he doesn't actually physically eat the color. He sort of absorbs it. Through his ears. Through his ears. He absorbs color, which is not good considering... Well, I can understand if it were a team of them. Can you imagine a whole spaceship full of little aliens that will suddenly suck all your color? Well, that would be really bad. That would be really so it's, bad. It's very good that they went down to just one. <laughs> So, Murky and Lurky are witnessing this because they're little spies, as usual. And they say, well, they need to keep the alien in Rainbow Land so that it can suck all the color out. And then this comes the most ridiculous part I've ever seen. (laughs) And that is Murky and Lurky, disguised as a color kid, walking past Starlight. And Starlight's like, hmm, I thought I knew all the color kids. And I'm like, aren't you that dense? A color kid with a mustache. (laughs) Yeah, that's hysterical. So cross-dressing Murky in a big purple puffy color kid outfit and a pink wig. I love it. I wish I knew which color he was supposed to be in charge of. (laughs) I know, because he was was kind of like a mismatch of like patio green because it had the pigtails, but the hair Uh was kind of purple. It was, I don't know. <laughs> it was not pleasant. Uh, I do love the humor in this episode. They get into the spaceship and they sneak into the main room where they nab Waja when no one is looking. Because everybody's busy trying to get the ship repaired so that they can send him home. And the entire time he's absorbing the color from the sack that he's in. He's ab- anything nearby. He's trying to, he's hungry. <laughs> bad for him, little hungry guy. And then he feels so guilty every time he does it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> so Poor little guy. So Murky and Lurky nab um, Waja and head back to the pits. Well, at first they're just driving around, I think, because he wants Waja to just suck the color out of everything. So I don't know if they're driving in circles or just driving through random parts of Rainbow Land. But like the longer we can keep him out here, the better. And then once, yeah, I think when Rainbow Bright finally catches up with him, that's when they take off to the pits. Mm-hmm. And there's a horrible bit of, bit of voice acting in this. If you notice, I believe it's when Rainbow Bright and Starlight catch up with them and Murky and Lurky speed off and cause this dust cloud to like come up in their face and they start coughing. Mm-hmm. And Starlight's cough is obviously not Starlight. It's pretty <laughs> bad. And then the animation almost speeds up for a second. It looks kind of wonky. And then there's like a neigh, I think, as they take off. And again, it doesn't sound right. There's just something odd that goes on in that little scene. <laughs> the animation and all in this is... I don't know what they were thinking. I don't. It. Eh. <laughs> so when they get to the pits with little Waja... Uh, Waja tries to run away from Murky, and he and Murky drains all the color from Murky, which I thought was I thought yes. Murky would be happy because usually he's green. You would think. 
So what little color he had is now gone. And in the meantime, since the color kids have figured out they can't catch up to him just by writing Starlight. So, and they've gotten the, the spaceship working by this point mm-hmm. with a bunch of star sprinkles. So they fly the spaceship to the pits to save Waja. And they just kind of hover it right above the pits. And they start, the star sprinkles are coming out the bottom into their into Murky's lair. So it's turning the cave rainbow colors, which I love this scene just because it's so pretty. <laughs> and Waja starts just sucking it all up. He's happy as a clam. And that's when Murky uses his gloom transformer to turn the pretty colors into rain. But that's the distraction that Waja needed to escape. So he runs out the front door while Murky is busy trying to get the color to go away. And they put down the ramp on the spaceship. So he runs inside Mm -hmm. and they fly it back to Rainbow Land and drop off the color kids and everybody before saying, thanks, but get out of here before you ruin the rest of Rainbow Land. (laughs) Yes. And as Waja leaves, uh, because his ship is now powered by color crystals, he's able to go around and actually restore all the color he had originally drained from Rainbow Land. So I'm really curious about the planet he lives on. It can't be a very colorful place because they would just soak it all up. Yeah. Do they have to just keep changing planets every few years <laughs> to replenish the color? Oh, that makes him sound more like a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not going to say watch as a parasite. No. Um, maybe. I want that to be true. He's so nice well either that or where he's from is so has such an abundance of color that he doesn't go hungry maybe that's it yeah and maybe the color replenishes itself after Mm -hmm. a time i bet it's a beautiful place i want to go now (laughs) and i'm wondering if it's called waja (laughs) yeah maybe they're all called waja and the planet is waja (laughs) (laughs) Like thing one and thing two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, again, this episode, like I said, the animation, I was not impressed with. I didn't care for it. Oh. <laughs> well, it's because the inconsistencies between yeah, just watching the whole episode, uh, it it looks completely different in the middle than what it looked like at the end. And... The sound was, as you said, not as good as it could have been. You know, not to say that the whole episode is crap. No, it was, some of the scenes were very nicely done. You know, again, I like the details of the rainbow being somewhat transparent in space. Mm-hmm. But it's not one of my favorites. Aww. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't gone through and made my, my list, my top 13. Because, mm-hmm. well, that's all there are. But... <laughs> This one would probably at least be in the middle for me. I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. Yes. It it wasn't terrible. And uh, I just realized that this this whole episode, I'm probably going to be one big negative Nelly. I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That is your prerogative. We all have uh-huh. our favorites. That's what gives the fandom variety. We don't all love the exact same things, the exact well, same amount. It's because That's I good. know the very next episode is Mom, and I highly disliked Mom. I oh, did- no! <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's so 
next episode is called Mom. It says Murky Dismal's mother arrives in an unexpected visit in Mom. He tries to trick her into helping him make Rainbow Land gloomy to but Murky's mother knows what's best and she decides to help Rainbow Bright and send Murky back to the pits instead. This Aww. episode it I watched it again this is one of the later episodes so I didn't watch it until I was older and I did not like it and I've I've heard a lot of people if you ever start with an episode do not start with mom. Really? Cuz it it is definitely one in which you sympathize, or I did anyway, sympathized with Murky Dismal. That's true. You get to see his backstory finally and figure out why he hates color. Yes. Poor little guy. <laughs> well, at the beginning of this episode, it is the first day of spring. As usual. As usual. And Murky is planning on getting his misery machine to work so that he can destroy Rainbow Land. As usual. <laughs> Well, everybody in Rainbow Land um, is doing their little rainbowy thing. Uh, they see a big Winnebago, a flying Winnebago, hover over Rainbow Land, and inside is a woman who looks like Murky Dismal. And apparently she's looking for directions. So <laughs> she ends up knocking on Murky's door, and Murky is not happy. Because apparently Lurky didn't know that Murky had a mama. <laughs> Yes, he's very dumbfounded throughout this entire episode as to what is going on. So Murky, Murky's mother, who is, we just call Miss Dismal. Um, she never actually mentions her first name, just, you know, just she's Mrs. Dismal. Um, she is a lot bigger than Murky. She's about as big as Lurky. She's a very tall woman. And Indeed. she is kind of oblivious to... What is really going on with Murky living in the pits and wanting everything dark? And she's just, oh, I'm going to spruce everything up and everything's going to be so happy. And she belittles him a lot, which I yes. I couldn't stand. It made me feel so bad for him. His mother talking about how he'd never amount to anything and about how much he used to love colors as a baby. And then you see little Murky Dismal, happy as little clam and his little diapy, you know, Painting the walls every color you can imagine and his mother screaming at him to clean it all off if it takes him his whole life. Poor little guy. And I love that he had a mustache even as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great little detail. But Murky wants to impress his mother. So he says that he actually owes oh, in charge of Rainbow Land and Lurky is his butler and he's going to make his mama proud and take him to the color castle where he is ruler and the kids are supposed to do what he says and in reality what he's trying to do is get to the color console so that he can pour gloomy color crystals in it and gloom everything out and the kids when they see him coming run away because they don't know what to expect what's murky up to this time so the kids they see what he's doing and that he's murking the crystals to make them gray so they decide to make to switch out his gloomy mixture that he has made to gloom them into just plain water so that when he puts them into the color console, they actually do make color, which that is a very interesting thing. Cause this is an, another version of the color console that we haven't seen before. Uh, this is post movie where in the movie, all they did is they sat around and they pressed buttons. This one, you actually 
put crystals into little compartments and press a button and it shoots a color out of the top, which is something I wasn't used to. I'm always curious. Of You're what, right. What's it supposed to do? I don't know. I guess it's just recharging that color. Mm-hmm. If you get them all charged up, it makes them pretty rainbow. I'm not really sure. Mm. But I kept getting the impression that if it started running low, you needed to insert more of that color. Yes. That actually happens in a later episode. Um, which we'll get to eventually. And I love how they distracted Mrs. Dismal during all this by sending her shopping. <laughs> <laughs> shopping? I love shopping. So yeah, Murky sends her out to get all these star sprinkles. And the color kids when they see what he's up to, they're like, oh, sure, we'll bring you tons of them. And they just overload her with color crystals. It's mm-hmm. adorable. <laughs> His mother brings the color crystals to the color castle where he has um, been murking the color console. But now since it's been plain, switched with plain water, color starts to come out. And he thinks, well, maybe he's out of stuff. But no, he's not out of stuff. It's just water. So Mer- Rainbow Bright gets back to Rainbow Land. They chase Murky back to the pits, which in this one, she's able to actually cast a rainbow in the pits, which was very interesting because he yeah he tries to get her with his gloom machine and she makes a rainbow appear and turned it into just water again. I've always been a little curious about that as well. Because in all the other episodes, her belt and the rainbows don't work in the pits. Mm-hmm. And Miss Dismal says that, you know, that she's going to have to teach Murky a lesson and starts, you know, beating him up with a feather duster and (laughs) we're going to have to have a long talk, my son, and all this other stuff. And I did not like this episode. Aww. Sorry. (laughs) I try to find a good reason to like this episode and I did not like it. (laughs) It's mean. That is true. Well, we we get, though, a really good feel now of why Murky is such a jerk. Because he was raised by a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all because, you know, this being a kid's show, I really thought they would want try to paint his mother in a better light. And she was painted more like a bully. Yeah. And where's his father in all this? She ate him. <laughs> <laughs> sent him off to clean all the color too yeah um, yeah but you're you're right it doesn't paint either of them in a good light but I, I think I really liked it just because of the backstory we get of murky um because there's a lot of shows where you just you never really understand why the villain is the villain what their motivation is but in this one you really you really see it even though there's obviously no resolution he just even when he realizes his mom is a jerk and she's going to be mean to him, even when he's a, an adult and doing his own thing, you would think something would click in his head. Oh, yeah, I don't need to impress her anymore. Yeah. I don't need to get rid of color anymore. But no, I guess he's he's too far psychologically damaged at this point. There's yeah. no going back. This episode broke so many rules because it aged murky because the the fact that it gave him a childhood, it gave him a mother. And here it was, I was thinking he was the bad imp or the bad elf versus the colorful elf, which would be rainbow. And the fact that rainbows worked in the pits, which in all other episodes, it can't. Yeah. There's definitely some continuity issues. Yeah. 
for sure. But it's a fun episode if you can get past the bullying. <laughs> I knew. There's some definite humor in there. Yes. You get to see Stormy and Moonglow. I just, I like any episode where you get to see Stormy and Moonglow. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see some good color kid dynamic. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's mom. <laughs> that is mom. So the next episode is Rainbow Night. Now this one is actually a fan favorite because it deals with Moonglow. The plot of this yes. one, it says, Murky Dismal kidnaps Moonglow, the color kid who brings soft colors to the night in Rainbow Night. He's blackened the night for good unless Rainbow Bright can rescue Moonglow and restore the soothing colors of the night in Rainbow Land and to Earth. And now on the back of the box there, is it spelling Moonglow with the W at the end or without it? It is spelling it without the W. And this is where the contention comes from. Because <laughs> for years we thought that's how it was spelled because of that box. And then a mint in box Moonglow doll appeared on eBay and proved us all wrong because it was spelled with a W. And the story booklet. Did she come with a story booklet? I think she did. The No, actually, I have not been able to find any dress-up story booklet. Because okay, um, I, not. I haven't found one yet. And I've never seen one. And no one's ever mentioned having one. And again, the dress-up dolls came out towards the end of the line. They were the later mm -hmm. dolls that were released. So I'm not sure if they had one or if they just included the the World of Rainbow Bright booklet. Which had Moonglow... And all the dress-up dolls, all their outfits, and it listed the hard body Starlight and hard body Sunriser and the Puppy Brights. It was a little bo booklet of all of the new toys they were supposed to be coming out with, which only about half of them actually came out. Mm -hmm. But that one listed Moonglow with a W. And that was the only place I had seen Moonglow. Um, though on the back of the dress-up boxes, it mentions Moonglow with a W. And that's on the tickled pink box or the rainbow bright box the back of it mentions moon glow with a w and then in the newer books that came out in the 2000s mm -hmm. uh i believe she was in some of those and it was spelled with a w which further confirmed so basically it was a, a typo mm -hmm. on the box of the video as far as we can tell and it actually is supposed to be with a w um the website contacted moon glow's doll creator with Mattel. And she says that it was with a W. Ah. The toy designer who was working at Mattel that helped with the Rainbow Bright dress-up dolls, she designed Moonglow. And originally Moonglow was supposed to have white hair because she was supposed to be very moony. But they decided they didn't want her to have ah. white hair because it made her look old. And huh. when they designed the dolls, they copyright their names. So it has to go through all these legal channels so that their names can be approved and copywritten so that no one can make another one. While Moonglow was always copyrighted with the W. Okay. When going over the scripts, uh, Moonglow is also mentioned with the W because that's what she was uh, registered under was with the W. But there's that one misprint, which misprints do happen. I'm not saying misprints don't happen. It happened with Starlight in the Starlight Saves the Day book has a starlight mm -hmm. s-t-a-r-l-i-g-h-t on the cover while the inside it's l-i-t-e which is the proper spelling yes 
for years it, <laughs> it caused issues in the fan community. Um, and for a while, we all just kind of accepted that it was without the W. But then when it came to light that it was supposed to be with one, most of us moved on and said, okay, now it has a W. That's just the way it is. But there were a few fans... One in particular, I can't remember, that probably to this day still refuses to spell it with a W, mm-hmm. which is absolutely her right. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, when you when you fall in love with something and it's always been one way to you for years, you you're not so so easy to change it. And I can I can appreciate that, but sadly, at this point, we kind of had to 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 realize that the intention was always to have the W on the end. Yes. And I'm just noticing I still have misspellings on my website ah. because of that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and half of the, on part of it, it's spelled with a W, on part it's not. I, I still need to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have the transcript of this episode. Um, one of the fans, Chibi Rachie, back in the day, transcribed this one for me. And so it's up on the website. So if any of you want to read the script for Rainbow Night, you can do that on rainbowbright.net. Mm-hmm. But it's all spelled wrong, just to warn you. <laughs> it's got the wrong moon glow, so I'll go through and fix that one, too. <laughs> well, in the story of Rainbow Night is where we actually get introduced to moon glow. Um, this is, it's not really an origin story, more than this is to show us what it is that moon glow does. Uh, moon glow is in charge of all the colors of nighttime, which... And I actually remember a coloring book where it actually mentions that indigo did the colors of the night. Uh, ah. Because indigo is the color of the night sky. It's that dark, dark blue. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't, it doesn't really say what it is actually she does other than that she makes it shine. She makes it soft. So I think maybe she does more of the, the glowing of the light. Uh, the moon looks gold. Yes. The stars look silver. It, it, it's very pretty and shiny um mm-hmm. but murky dismal thinks that the night time should be dark because it's nighttime. so he wants to get rid of moon glow so he tries to catch her i love lurky's solution when murky is first complaining about the night not being dark enough and lurky's just well put your hands over your eyes <laughs> <laughs> Easy solution, dude. But no, that's not good enough, Murky. He wants it to be dark for everyone. Uh, Moonglow is going around and she has her own little sprite, uh, which is Night Sprite. Now, Night Sprite is cute. Night Sprite has little bitty crescent moons on his little antenna where Rainbow Land sprites have stars. Uh, So it makes me think that he's his own species because he has little crescent moons. Because uh, you don't yeah, ever see any of those. Yeah, good point. And he carries around Moon Glow's uh, little. It's like it looks like a carpet bag. It's you know think of it does doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like 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 Mary Poppins had that big carpet bag that she carries. She carries around this really big bag of gold star sprinkles to make the night colorful. Which Knight's, Twink needs to take lessons from Night Sprite because he has that little pocket. <laughs> but Night Sprite <laughs> carries a bag, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Moonglow is just as finicky with the night as Rainbow is with colors during the day. So she thinks things need to be a little bit more this and a little bit more that just to make things sure that things are as pretty as possible. And I love how she directs the light of the moon to shine right on the color castle. Yes. <laughs> like that's, that's a pretty cool power when you can direct where the light goes, not just make it bright, but... <laughs> Because here on Earth, that would mean a lot of repositioning planetoids. <laughs> but not in Rainbowland. <laughs> nope. She can bend the light where she wants. She's moonglowed. That's a pretty cool power. <laughs> and I like how you know, it shows her, her special power of being able to materialize wherever. You know, she, she, she can go invisible. Which, come, which makes it interesting when Murky and Lurky capture her. Which I'll let you talk about <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll get into that in a moment all right so murky and lurky they decide to sneak up on moon glow and trap her under a net but she uses what um i found out in my reacher research is called a cloak of night i believe is what Ooh. it's called it's called a cloak of night which basically turns her invisible she has her own invisibility cloak it's awesome that's it's so cool she has a magic ability where she can go invisible. She's still there, but you can't see her. <laughs> but you can poke her, apparently. So that's how Murky figures out she's still there. But I find it interesting that in the beginning, it looks like she could just kind of transport wherever. And in the end, same thing. She just turns invisible, does stuff to the night sky, and then comes back. But you, would, if, if that's true, you would think she could just dematerialize and materialize outside of the net so there's there's a little bit of inconsistency with her power and what exactly it can do is it just turning invisible or is it actually transporting apparating if you will <laughs> well with with introducing moon glow moon glow has this ability of just making things shine and shimmer and you never really know where the source of her power is. I mean, Rainbow Bright comes from the color belt. Where does Moonglow get hers? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Stormy is is very similar. You know, how she can call the lightning mm -hmm. um, and kind of it bends to her will. But she doesn't have a belt or a scepter. So you just have to guess as to where their power comes from. And why doesn't Tickled Pink have a special power like that? <laughs> I feel bad for her. <laughs> she could have, I don't know, um, flown. You know, <laughs> just just give her the ability to fly without a horse or a rainbow. <laughs> yeah, but sadly, the only thing about Tickle Pink that was ever mentioned is that she was supposed to be in charge of the girl sprites. And I assume the lighter colors of the rainbow. She was never given an origin story here, but she was given... Uh, more of a history in Germany. I know specifically um, her character is known as what? Uh, Penny Popper Pink. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the characters, Moon Glow, Tickle Pink, were given more histories there. Unfortunately, I don't speak German, so I don't know a lot. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> but I know she was mentioned in their story tapes and in their comics. I just don't know what her story was. So if there are any German-speaking Rainbow Bright fans out there listening, <laughs> the story tapes, at least, are available for download. Because mm -hmm. Sunspire uh, recorded all of those and put them up on the web. Um, and he put little synopsis 
synopses, whatever mm-hmm. the plural of synopsis is, um, with each one. So we have a summary of what they're about, but we don't have all of the information. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to listen to those and transcribe them in English, that'd be really <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's been on my my wish list for years uh, that we could get those trans um, not transcribed translated and. The comic books, I own several of them. I do not have all of them. But one of these days, we should go through and scan those so mm-hmm. we could get those perhaps translated as well. Yeah. One thing that about this episode, um, Rainbow Night, that we were discussing is the animation in this one is back to... It looks more familiar. It doesn't look like uh, Invasion of Rainbow Land did at all. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure if if you noticed that the characters don't look as chibi. <laughs> um, yeah, now that you mention it, Murky has kidnapped Moonglow, puts a net over her, and drags her back to the pits. And he's trying to keep her magic, you know, to try to drain it. Which apparently her magic does not work in daylight. So he thinks if he just puts a light on her, because only the light of the sun can stop her. Um, if he keeps the light on her, then as bright as he can get it, it'll stop the the stars from twinkling and the moon will go dull and um, actually starts to happen because he puts, it's a light, but it looks more like a laser. He doesn't actually mention what it is. Yeah. And on Earth, now this is a, this is a cameo of Brian. We don't see him much in these later episodes, but you see Brian is on Earth and he is noticing that the lights are starting to go out in the sky. Which I found slightly odd or interesting because apparently he's never experienced a cloudy night <laughs> <laughs> when there's clouds you can't see the stars so how does he know it's not just cloudy up there uh, but i i guess there you could tell i don't know <laughs> so murky has Moonglow in the pits and he's decided he's going to use her as bait to get rainbow bright who's going to try to rescue Moonglow to fall into the deepest hole in the pits. Which must be pretty darn deep because the pits are all the way down there as it is. Mm-hmm. I liked in the storybooks where they appeared to have had more more power than they do in the movie or in the TV show. Because that's mm-hmm. how Twink lost his, is that the pits drained them from him. Correct. Anyway, so Moonglow's all tied up. Rainbow Bright is trying to sneak in with Starlight. And I like that Lurky, it's so bright, Lurky has to wear shades at night. It's just so awesome. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's <pretty> fantastic. <laughs> and Rainbow and Starlight are taking the what do they call it? The lower path or something instead of the bridge mm-hmm. so that they won't be detected, but they get detected anyway. Yeah. So it's not that secret of a path. <laughs> yeah. They try to go through the back way, but Lurky is looking out the window at that point and sees them. So they try to get them to push them down into the, bo- the, this bottom, well, that's not the bottomless pit, but in the darkest hole of the pits, but they fail. And instead I think Murky and Lurky almost fall into it. They do fall into it, actually. (laughs) That's where they're left in the end. So I'm assuming they have a way out because they do come back, sadly. Uh, (laughs) But yes, they fall into their own trap. Wahaha. 
Well, I should say Murky falls and Lurky follows after because that's what Lurky <laughs> does. <laughs> yep. And Rainbow Bright unties Moonglow and she quickly fades away and starts making things colorful. So we don't see how fast she works when she's invisible. But apparently it's pretty darn fast. Uh... <laughs> yes. And I love how she puts the northern lights right above the pits. <laughs> it's a little like... <laughs> A little gesture to Murky. <laughs> this is what you think you're going to do to me, huh? I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty epic. <laughs> and Brian notices back on Earth and says, thanks, Rainbow, or something like yeah. this. Even though, it, well, it was partially Rainbow that did it, but it's more Moonglow that you should be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he's never met Moonglow yet. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. He probably has not at this point. Well, the last episode that we are going to preview to today is Star Sprinkled. This is episode number nine in the series. And it says, let's see, Rainbow Bright has her work cut out for her in Star Sprinkled. An intergalactic con man tricks the sprites into signing over the deed to the color cave, cutting off the supply of color crystals. Only Rainbow Bright can stop this evildoer from keeping color from the world forever. That's misleading. <laughs> that is a misleading statement. <laughs> well, this is Star Sprinkled. Star Sprinkled, this episode was released with the uh, American re-release in 2004. They put a DVD with all of the dolls. It wasn't a separate episode for each doll. Each doll had the same DVD. Star Sprinkled. And why did they pick this episode? This is one of my least favorite episodes. <laughs> of all the episodes in all of Rainbow Land, they had to pick Star Sprinkled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, do it doesn't give Rainbow Bright a strong case if we go over it. It starts out with Rainbow Bright chasing down a flock of birds and was to try to make them more colorful. Because, eh, not to be too fussy, Rainbow Bright does like things to be pretty perfect. <laughs> but, I think they run out of star sprinkles, so they have to go back to Rainbow Land. Yes. And we see the, back in Rainbow Land, the little roller coaster scene mm -hmm. with the color, with the cart from the color mines going down to the color castle dumping the, the star sprinkle or the color crystal in and you get to see the sprites with their little cookie cutter feet mm -hmm. making the star sprinkles kind of like shrinky dinks and they go through the big oven and are cooked and then they're beautiful sparkly star sprinkles and they reuse that footage in at least one other episode maybe two yes uh i think it's at the beginning of the episode of mom they use that sequence also yes in, uh, in this episode, uh, Rain Murky is trying to actually get into the color crystal or the star sprinkle machine, but it detects him as a contaminant and dumps him out. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> and as the sprites are working in the color cave, this big electronic uh, horse and buggy. I'm last to describe it. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Uh, he lands, and out comes a man named Plock, and he's uh, supposedly a salesman, and he wants to sell something to the sprites. He claims that he has magic 
seeds that will grow into color crystals so they don't have to mine for for color crystals anymore. And it's it's kind of sad in that scene how excited the sprites get mm-hmm. at that possibility, which makes me think they really hate mining star sprinkles and they're just kind of enslaved. <laughs> <laughs> we know they're not, but it was just like, oh, why, why are you so happy about that prospect? Do you really hate mining color crystal that much? Well, now I feel bad for you. <laughs> if it changed it, technically they wouldn't be digging. They would be picking. So they'd be True. picking color crystals. But I think he also claimed that they would have enough star sprinkles forever. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's maybe that's what they were so excited about, that they would not run out anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tricks him I, I guess it's a sleight of hand he somehow makes it look like these little crystals are gonna these little rocks are gonna grow into crystals and it doesn't happen but excitedly twink signs over the color cave to plock which technically he didn't have the right to do that in my opinion yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> and rainbow bright everyone's waiting for color crystals where's the color crystals because uh, we have to make more star sprinkles and Twink is so excited. He goes, look, look, watch, watch. And he pours them down and nothing happens. And I felt so bad for Twink. I know he was so pitiful in that scene. He's in there going, Whoa. when did they grow? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they don't. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. So poor little gullible Twink has to realize that he's been duped. Well, Murky has been watching all this and he thinks that maybe he's telling the truth too. Because he goes back to him with the rocks going, why won't these grow into color crystals? Oh, it takes years and years for them to grow. Yeah. I don't have years and years. (laughs) I want them now. And I believe in this episode, he has the gloom atomizer spray. Yes. I believe is what he calls it. Um, So he starts marching towards the cave like, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to make it gloomy. Mm-hmm. Or is that later in the episode? I'm trying well, to remember. Rainbow Bright sees that Twink has these rocks. And so she's going to go back to Plock and tell him he cannot have the color cave. And he's turning it into a tourist attraction and saying that he'll only charge them half the half price to even view the color <laughs> caves. And she says, no, but technically, because he has the signed document, she actually just walks away. Which I don't think she should have done. But then Murky comes in after her, again, with the rocks wanting them to grow and they won't. So he says that he's going to turn it into a gloom cave. And then Plock realizes that he's done something bad if Murky's going to be trying to turn it into a gloom cave. So he gives the colored cave back to Rainbow Bright. And Rainbow fights Murky and Lurky by putting them in the color carts and shoving them back down the hill. (laughs) And... Even though the color cave Which, doesn't belong to Rainbow Bright, she wasn't going to let Murky destroy it. And Plot goes, no, no, no. You, we need you. And he gives her the color cave back and then leaves. Because wherever there are beautiful things, there's always something someone will pay to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when he's like attacking Murky when you know, Murky starts spraying the stuff around and saying what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Because he wants to turn into a gloom cave because that's what people really want to see. And Plock's like, no, people want to see color. They want to see beautiful things. And just the way he says beautiful there cracks me (laughs) up every time. 
beautiful things. <laughs> and was, wasn't it Pat Fraley that voiced Plock? Do you recall? Hold on, I can look real quick. I do not have the voice actor for Plock. I suspect... Oh, I don't either, actually. I suspect that it was actually Peter Cullen because it's a, it is a deeper voice. I know that Waja is Patrick Fraley because it sounds like his Krang voice from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, yeah. Plock sounds like Peter Cullen to me because he has that more deeper voice. And, no, no, no. He does that. His voice is really good. That's true. That's true. But I do not actually he have a cast list. Okay. But they did a good job, whoever it was. Yes. Um, I love the accent. It's just this very old-timey kind of carpetbagger character with his futuristic horse and buggy. I, again, this is one of those ones I didn't see at the time. But for what it is, it actually wasn't a terrible story, but it doesn't really give a good representation of Rainbow Bright to me. Because yes, it, I would agree. It makes murky out to be really bumbling in this and instead of being a force to reckon with and you don't get hardly any interaction with the color kids Mm -mm. you see them running around from here and there but they only get maybe a handful of lines in the entire episode Mm -hmm. another bit of trivia that i have for this episode is that this episode is where they got the color castle sound effects from oh uh, the Color Castle sound effects, when you play it, it does this. That sound is at the very end of the episode when Twink is going down the coaster. And then the that you hear that bling from the top of the Color Castle and a rainbow appears and the ship flies by. That's where that's mm-hmm. from. It's been, uh, it sounds like it's been maybe sped up or maybe slowed down a little bit, but that's that music and sound. It's actually ripped from the DVD. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> they just, see all this time I'm thinking they still have the score. They still have the music somewhere. And, no, they probably just lost it all. And they're ripping it from the DVDs that other people are making. <laughs> Well, it's funny, um, in the international DVDs, the ones that come from other countries, when they, a lot of them you think should have just the isolated sound because they have to redub over it. Mm -hmm. So they would have like one soundtrack and then a language track. Some of the language tracks actually end up in the foreign releases. You will hear, um... Robbie Lee as the sprites in a lot of those episodes. That's still her voice on those DVDs doing the sprite voices because they didn't redo them because they weren't in a language. They were squeaks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's a nice little interesting bit of trivia there for you that, uh, but yeah, a lot of people are trying to find the scores to these episodes and I don't know where they would be. I wish we did. I know. There were, it is nice music. The music in the background. But that's, you know, you, you even mentioned in the last episode of Brightcast that uh, Suki Levy, the gentleman that mm-hmm. did the music with Haim Saban, 
um, did a lot of cartoons at this time. I know that Murky and Lurky's theme, uh, that when they're doing all these you know action-packed scenes and stuff, it was even in... Mm-hmm. Um, that I heard in Heathcliff. No way! The Heathcliff cartoon, which was also... The music was done by them in... The second part, because Heathcliff had uh, was actually sort of like a two-part show. They showed one part with Heathcliff and the second part with the Alley Cats. Mm-hmm. And it's the Alley Cats. It's in one of their cartoons. I remember watching it because it's on Netflix. And I went to watch one of the Alley Cat sequences. And they're doing this thing where they're running away from somebody. And it's, that's Murky and Lurky's theme. <laughs> That's so funny. So there is, we're going to have to be, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be trying to find all of these movies and shows that were done by them and try to see which ones they recycled the themes in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we've already got some He-Man crossover. Yeah. Maybe we could try to find, you know, like make a list of all the episodes and TV shows that they've actually put Mm -hmm. the, or the music in. Well, that is all for the episodes this podcast. Uh, again, the episodes that we did go over were Invasion of Rainbow Land, Mom, Rainbow Night, and Star Sprinkled. Of these episodes, I will put my favorites as I liked Rainbow Night, Invasion of Rainbow Land, Star Sprinkled, and Mom. I don't particularly like Mom. It's going to be down there on my list. <laughs> it, pr- probably of those four, Rainbow Night would be my favorite. Then... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Probably then Invasion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Mom, and then Star Sprinkled is mm. my least favorite <laughs> of those four. Oh, but I still love them all, of course. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes, every every episode has its own perks. And Indeed. Next episode, we will be covering uh, Chasing Rainbows, Murky's Comet, Horse of a Different Color and Queen of the Sprites. And that will end our episode review. Uh, If there is an episode that you like, just uh, send us a voicemail and let us know. Just call up uh, the Brightcast voicemail box or use the program Katie mentioned. Which was it? Vocaroo.com. And tell us your name. And what your favorite episode of Rainbow Bright is. And we can put you in the next episode of Brightcast too. Or if you think Renee is horribly wrong in her hate of mom, tell her. (laughs) (laughs) Any opinion is welcome. (laughs) Go ahead. Watch, somebody's going to call in and say that I'm the one that's wrong. (laughs) Come on, bring it on. Uh, We want to thank you for tuning in to Brightcast. We look forward to hearing more from you. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. That is facebook.com forward slash Brightcast or Twitter or even YouTube. All of them are Brightcast. You'll find us. We're there. Um, (laughs) Until our next episode, everybody. Have have a great day. We'll be back. Don't go away.